Hello, this is Minute 83 of As If, a podcast about Clueless, where we talk about Clueless minute by minute. I am Jesse, your host, and with me today, the lone guest is Owen Jules. Zup! I believe that's what the youngsters are saying. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly (laughs) what they're saying. Uh, So the minute starts with when they think no one is watching, they're so considerate. Uh, They're talking about Dion and Donald Faison. Yeah. What was it? What was his name of the thing? Murray. <laughs> Donald Murray. Yeah. Turk. Turk. I call him. And it ends with uh, Mel saying, "What is she talking about?" And it's cut into her room. I think it's a transitional thing. There's not a lot going on because we're coming out of Cher saying that she wants to change. She wants to change the way she is for Josh. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> yeah, there's going to be a lot of that. And. Uh, we're going into her observations on the people around her. And I do like this opening shot of Dion and Murray being cute to each other when they think no one else is looking. I have to mention the nice little lime green number that Dion's wearing. Uh, majority of this minute is extremely cute, I would like to say. I would almost say too cute. Uh, I mean, everyone in this film is adorable, basically. This is definitely the start of some falling action. Uh, it's like, it's just, uh, and unfortunately, like, just not a lot happens. Answer me this, Jesse. Have you got any experience of that, of of acting differently with your girl than you will with your with your guy friends or when there's other people around? Are you, are you uh, a soppy boyfriend? Unfortunately, I treat almost all of my relationships like they're, like, they're, be, people are either my best friends or, like, the love of my life, and, like, that's with almost everyone. Yeah. So, like, if I'm close to them at all. Oh, so you're adorable, too. Oh, no, yeah, I'm, I melt in the <laughs> rain. I'm just made of pure sugar. Uh, yeah, but it is, like, it is very, uh, their relationship, uh, Murray and Dion's relationship feels very natural. Yeah. I'd say probably the most natural in this, uh, movie. You know, it's, it's adorable, and I liked, I like that part. Uh, unfortunately, I, f- I found, uh, the part afterwards a little, uh, too cutesy yeah. for me. With, uh, where Cher's like, I wanna help. It's like, just... Just help. It sounds like you're asking for attention. Yeah. Stop it. There is often a girl who is he likes to play the matchmaker. I remember that. Uh, I think my first girlfriend came about from like this kind of, you know, oh she likes you and you should ask her out. You know, I actually went back and said, well, if she likes me so much, why doesn't she ask me out? But and that's what happened. But yeah, I think you know there are girls like that definitely. I don't know if he's masculine or anything but elton this is his last uh, minute so this pretty much just closes out the elton yeah loop. and he kind of goes out with a whimper really doesn't he yeah like he just he just like hey can i get a pass uh and that's it is there a sort of deepness in that line that we're missing you know he's like hey can i get a pass i know i was playing like this douchebag but you know, just just let me go just yeah. just think of me fondly you know can I get gonna... a pass to just not be in this movie anymore? Yeah. We, you know, we're done with you now. Just disappear. We don't need you anymore. We then go into Cher's talking about Miss Geist and how she's always trying to get them pumped up about issues and things like that. And I love the bit where 
she's talking and she's doing this melodramatic clutching her hand to her heart you know while she's trying to get the students empowered and then behind her you've got complete disinterest you've got um one guy uh on the phone you've got a girl having her hair done and then you've got elton with his trademark douchebag cardigan flossing his teeth before he asked for a pass. I feel like that's a good representation of what, like, high school would be, though. I mean, I don't know what, how your experience is over there in the UK, but, like, I feel like most of the time people just didn't care at all. And there'd be a couple people, but, you know. Yeah, I mean, I went from, like, being a real square um, until I was, like... I don't know, 15, and then I started really getting into music and things like that, and that's when I started not caring and not like taking my books to class and things like that. But I wonder, something that interests me about American movies, and you can tell me this, is they always have this real kind of hierarchical kind of structure of like the popular kids and the jocks and the nerds and all that kind of stuff. And in the UK, it, it's kind of like that, but not as divisive as, as it is. Is that is that true in the u.s do you get that or is that a, a movie thing really half and half like yeah. you definitely have the popular kids who tend to get away with more um mm-hmm. especially football players if you're in like a football town yeah but like for the most part like i don't think clicks are as big of a deal at least in my experience for about like seven years ago right okay whatever. Uh, there aren't. They weren't as big of a deal. I mean, there were still cliques, and there's still like you know, whatever. And there's there's bullies and everything, but it wasn't like you know you don't hang out with the burners. I would just feel is a super old term. You don't hang out with the stoners, and you don't uh, right. stoners don't hang out with the preps, and the preps don't hang out with the emo kids, and blah 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 blah. Yeah, it, there's not as much as of that, I think, as there is in movies. Yeah, I think, I mean, it does exist. From my experience, there's parallels, I suppose. We had, like, rugby players who were kind of, they get they got to wear their rugby tie, so they were kind of different to everyone else, and, and they were, I guess, the equivalent to, like, the football players. But I it was there, but I don't think the distinction is as great as it is in the movies, but I guess it's probably similar in the States. It's, like... I mean, there's definitely people who stay within, like, their groups and stuff. Because I definitely stayed within the um, emo kids and the, like, the just the nerds, the shy nerds and mm-hmm. stuff. But besides that, like, you know, I can easily talk to, like, a couple... I had jock friends, I had preppy friends, I had all, you know, friends all over the place. And I feel like even the nerdiest kid, you know, would have, like, you know, friends all over the place, too. Yeah. Just, well, just that's because, good. like, you yeah. know... I mean, besides one kid, but he was kind of like the person everyone bullied, including right. the nerdy kids, which kind of kind of crappy, honestly, in retrospect. But bottom off the totem pole. Yeah, bottom of the totem pole. But he was also the only one who seemed to be able to take any bullying. So maybe that's probably why. Besides that, uh, there was another thing uh, where it feels like Cher is showing her privilege super hardcore. <laughs> <laughs> where she's just like hey dad do you not you didn't like that red caviar did you yeah because she's collecting stuff for this um what's it called the Pismo beach disaster relief or something like that yeah and uh i was gonna say when she volunteers for this she <clears throat> delivers like a straight 
to camera almost amazing sort of heart meltingly cute smile when she volunteers and and miss geist is pretty pleasantly surprised i think at her keenness to do it and you're talking about when she's at home rummaging through the cupboards i mean i guess it's good that she's like you know trying and everything but like i don't think caviar is like gonna be real helpful <laughs> the thing is though is i had a look at the stuff that's in the cupboard and it's it made me laugh because basically what someone has said to whoever you know i don't know like the prop buyer is is go out and get all the poshest things you can so get like snails salmon frogs legs olives get some like british water biscuits get some oysters vichyssois truffles all this kind of stuff i didn't see any gray poupon which i was sad about but um it's all (laughs) this typically like stuff that privileged people eat but it's canned (laughs) which i think i can't imagine if you've got serious money you're going to be eating canned escargot no i feel like you'd have like a lot of glass (laughs) it's just a lot of glass a lot of hazards if you slip up you know yeah Uh, I think the very last scene it shows her closet, um, which the only note I have that is like the closet just look entirely too bright. Yeah, like there was like not a like there was not a shade below like like hot pink there. <laughs> like it was just <laughs> super bright. Like lots of pastels, lots of uh, you know baby blues and stuff like that yellows which i guess is a sign of the time a little bit yeah it's a big 90s thing i think um because i kind of vaguely remember that just a lot of bright colors almost kind of going back to i don't know maybe the 70s almost because things tend to be like 20 years behind in in terms of fashion and stuff like that but um i did notice actually another thing in the cupboard was some starbucks italian roast coffee and Starbucks appears just in an insane amount of times in this movie. Obviously, it was a big sponsor, but it's every time they can jam some Starbucks in, it's in there. It's like life. <laughs> well, uh, I was actually looking at an article or whatever, and apparently the year I was born, 92, that was when Starbucks became a thing. Right, 92. okay. So, yeah. like, within a, within a few years, like, they got huge. Well, yeah, because in the UK, um, we didn't have a big kind of coffee shop culture i guess and then after starbucks came then we got one and now nobody likes starbucks but everyone goes there i think is what happens well i'm not a big coffee drinker like at all like uh i have adhd so i don't really need (laughs) uh, any help yeah with energy in general that yeah i know a lot of people who like would die without their starbucks and uh on this minute i cannot plumb any further depths i don't think <laughs> i'm surprised we got more than a few minutes out of this episode i mean honestly uh because like this is a truly transitional minute yeah luckily we have more coming up uh later on which uh you should listen to tomorrow when was the first time you saw clueless do you know what i can't say for sure i certainly didn't go to the cinema to see it it would have been at the top of my list um but i reckon it was probably about two years after because in the uk we would things would come to video about two years after release and i pretty much watched everything and i was i was 
I can't speak. I was pleasantly surprised, I think, by this um, because it's not the type of movie that I would seek out, but I try not to judge things by genre. I'm not the sort of person to say, I don't like rap or I don't like rom-coms, you know, because you're closing yourself off then to something that could be brilliant. And, yeah, I think this was a real defining movie in a lot of ways and so of its time um it's like a little time capsule but in the same breath kind of timeless as well because you know i've just watched it recently and i thoroughly enjoyed it well i actually watched for the first time for this podcast like a couple mm-hmm. months ago which i might have said this in previous episodes so please bear with me but uh, i had like i think it's a good movie but like i think i've seen so many movies that did stuff like this before i watched this movie Mm -hmm. that it feels like it kind of feels like when you're listening to really early hip-hop and it feels like almost primitive compared to yeah no stuff that's because they've taken this sort of model as a base and then built upon it and refined it whereas this is the kind of the raw data it's it's good don't get me wrong it's good uh but i feel like there's other stuff like especially a lot of uh the especially a lot of the movies teen movies coming out like whenever whenever i was younger uh yeah. like it was doing stuff like this and also ensemble cast movies and stuff like this where there's just a lot of moving parts i don't think got perfected yet honestly uh which you kind of feel because this movie feels a lot like vignettes more than it does like a cohesive movie which is not which is not bad in any way don't get me wrong it's not bad in any way i just feel like a cohesive like a cohesive story involving involving uh ensemble casts and Mm -hmm. stuff without it feeling like vignettes didn't get perfected until a few years later i think do you know what immediately springs to mind is uh well obviously the movie heathers but also the screen movies in terms of the dynamic of the teenagers or yeah what are supposed to be teenagers yeah so so i hope that doesn't come off as overly negative or anything but no because i think most of the people listening to this are probably quite into this movie <laughs> yeah that's the thing uh but you know uh i, I was like literally before my time because uh, yeah. i was barely able to speak more than 500 words the when thing it came out. yeah i mean i'm sure this has already been said but it introduced so many i mean particularly in the uk i mean this was introducing us to kind of valley girl speak and things like that you know and like whatever i think you know as in whatever came probably from this at least in the uk i would say thing is by the time like i i think by the time i became a teenager like the valley girl speak like it wasn't like valley girl speak it was like normal speech or <laughs> yeah. like it was just like some people talk like this uh let's do plugs <laughs> uh well i'm just talking about my own stuff yeah yeah okay well if you uh enjoyed me being reasonably diplomatic about <laughs> this film then uh you can hear me judging other films on my own podcast classic schmassic where we discuss old classic movies and see if they live up to our modern sensibilities yeah sounds fun yeah and you can check that out um we're on soundcloud itunes and so on twitter just search for classic schmassic and it should come up this is jesse uh i host a podcast called turn to page which is a choose your own adventure book podcast i read a choose your adventure book with a couple of friends and we like goof slash review slash 
just you know talk uh i find it to be really fun and hopefully by the time this comes out i'll have another podcast called random sampling with one of my dear friends uh carrie nelson where we use a the random article button on Wikipedia to generate a conversation. Uh, it's been pretty fun, the one episode we recorded to date, so please listen to that. All of that should be found on iTunes and Stitcher and Google Play and, you know, all that junk. That sounds awesome, actually. I want to listen to that now. Yeah, well, I, I mean, <laughs> you might be able to I, soon. Yeah. I'm a I'm a user of the uh, random article button myself, but I imagine it's going to be tough when you get that one that's about a chemical formula. We talked about uh, a Japanese noise met, a noise band, a Japanese noise uh, artist called a uh, more. Oh my god! I want to say Zardoz, but it's not that. <laughs> uh, I'd definitely listen to it if it was about Zardoz. Okay, Sean, wait. Sean Connery in a red nappy and a bandolier. What else do you need? Oh no, it's wonderful. I love it. I, like, I have a I have an extreme love of like paceless like seventies movies, uh, and Zardoz is like a perfect example of that. And stuff like Barbarella and oh man, yeah. Wait, let me get the name Mersbo. That's what it is, Mersbo. Uh, and we talked about uh, mullets. The, the TV show that aired on UPN for eight episodes that is ingrained in my mind for some reason. Uh, so yeah, so you can listen to me talk about stuff like that. Uh, I think on Wednesdays. Yeah, I don't know. Just list, fi- look it up, please. Okay, yeah, bye. Uh, wait, sorry, not bye. Wait, <laughs> no. Sorry. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, thank you, Owen, for showing up. And, oh, you're uh, very welcome. It's been a pleasure. And we will be returning tomorrow with a minute four. Thank you for listening to this episode of As If, the podcast all about Clueless. This has been produced by Darren Husted, executive produced and hosted by Jesse Cooper, along with my guest, Owen Chules. Follow us on Facebook at As If The Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at As If Underscore Podcast. Follow us on Instagram As If Podcast. Subscribe to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, Shout Engine, or the podcasting app of your choice. Please rate and review if you enjoy. Clueless is owned by Paramount Pictures. No infringement is intended. All rights reserved. Copyright 2016.